0: I started out in sports, didn't go the way I hoped, ended up in reality television.
1: You hear me talk a lot on here about the Believe Podcast Network, which hosts this show. And today I'm talking to a fellow Believe podcaster. His name is Steve Berkowitz, and he hosts No Script, No Problem, which we're going to talk about in just a minute here on this special West Coast edition of hot takes on a plate, I'm of course Rob Patrone, host of Hot Takes on a Plate here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Each week here on Hot Takes on a Plate, you get to eavesdrop on the ultimate food fights as I debate my culinary world friends and other eating enthusiasts in their areas of expertise. And I wanted to have you on, Steve, because one, I love your podcast. Oh, uh, thank a, you. As a fellow TV producer, I think it gives great insight into how unscripted television is made, and two. Because I thought it would be fun to throw out some hot takes in your area of expertise. Okay. And how it intersects with food, i.e. food TV, which just so happens to also be my area of expertise. Yes, it is. Before we get to the hot takes, no script, no problem. Again, great podcast. Thank you.
0: Why did you want to do it? So I really wanted to show people, both fans of unscripted television and uh, people who uh, don't really know that much about it or may not appreciate it that much, kind of how the sausage in your in your world is made. Um, I think a lot of people have preconceived notions that we just pick up a camera and let it roll or vice versa. I think some people think that nowadays the reality television is scripted. And so I wanted to show people that, first of all, there's a lot of hardworking people, a lot of talented people behind the scenes that make these shows like The Housewives or make the shows like The Kardashians or Shark Tank, these shows that they watch these people are really talented, they're smart, there's writing, there's producing, um, there's genius that goes on behind the scenes. Um, and that there is, there's an element of pre-production that happens that is really um, difficult and it takes a lot of thought and a lot of talent and skill. And then there's also a lot of on the fly thinking and creativity that happens that makes these moments that they see on camera, that they go, oh my God, and that, there's people behind the scenes that have made those decisions that make them happen. And the genius of The Bachelor that so many people see, there are people make, you know, that are making decisions that affect you know, those things that they see and they are tweeting about. Um, and so I just wanted to shine a light on the people that we know, um, that we've worked with, um, that we appreciate and shine a light on them.
1: No, I think it's great. I mean, people really don't realize, I think, what goes into a lot of this stuff. Yeah. I mean, with the show I did, Restaurant Hunter, we, by the end, we were doing, we did three versions of the show for three different local channels. And between the three, we did 100 episodes a year, half hour Ooh. with a nine-person staff, including myself. And it was, I always say, like, like, for people in the industry, that's, like, the the thing I brag about the most, 100 episodes a year, nine-person staff. Because yeah. it's, like, it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean... I don't know if people think of that show as uh, – it's not, quote, unquote, a reality show, but it's an unscripted show. Correct. And and Correct. it's that same kind of legwork. And you and I, we're sitting here poolside right now at the Hotel Angelino off the 405 in L.A., and there's this image that a lot of people have, I think, that um, – you know, cinema and, and media has presented that TV deals get done in LA poolside. Is that true?
0: <laughs> no, I've never done any. I've had meetings poolside. <laughs> I have never done any deal poolside. Most deals I've been a part of, I've been um, in a hotel, like on a, on a conference call, or I've been in my apartment and heard about, you know, that, okay, you're hired, a deal is done. <laughs> yes, I, I think most of them are done in conference. Comp- boring, ugly conference rooms, Um, you know, maybe some, maybe Tarantino is doing deals (laughs) poolside. But in reality television, I think, you know, and I've tried to explain this to my family in Ohio, it is we are kind of the ugly side of what things uh, are done in Hollywood. But that doesn't mean it's still not a lot of fun and it's still not uh, great content.
1: Absolutely. Well, we're going to have some fun here because it's a beautiful sunny day. We are poolside. Nice little breeze. And I'm going to throw some hot takes your way. I'm scared but about food do it. TV. Okay. And you're going to tell me why I'm right. Tell me why I'm wrong and why don't hold back. All <laughs> okay. right. First one. The show that I used to host, I used to say Restaurant Hunter. It was a people show disguised as a food show okay and to me the best food shows are just that either food is being used as a vehicle to learn more about people or characters are being developed in a way where you have an emotional attachment to them that goes beyond the food on the screen tell me i'm right tell me
0: i'm wrong Mm, that's a tough one um okay It it does depend on the show it really does Okay. Okay. All right. So give me an example. I'm going to give you an example. So it it really comes down to the difference between like a hell's kitchen and a top chef. Hell's kitchen is a people show. Oh yeah. Look at the characters. It is about characters and it's how they vote, right? Because they're pitted against each other and Mm -hmm. there's a vote who goes home. Right. Gordon is pitting them against each other. Gordon is a character. Probably the biggest character in all of unscripted television. And
1: you're watching every week.
0: Yes, Correct. the food is interesting, but you're watching to see who's going to get eliminated because exactly. you're investing in characters. You are invested in characters. Top Chef, the food is the, yes, you see the characters, you're invested in them, but it is all about the food. Now, again, I don't know if I agree with that. Okay. I, I Look, I think Top Chef is, and this
1: is going to segue into another point I have later, but it's a very smart show. And it's for people who know food, respect that. But again, you are still getting invested in the characters.
0: Okay. I, I agree with you. Maybe it's, I feel like it's more about the food. I think there's more judging. On yes. Top oh, yes. And I think you listen to Tom. And and it, but Tom's a character. It's true.
1: And he's a good character. Or even like even a, like a show where it's not week to week, but it's it's each thing is standalone. Like chopped. Like chopped. Chopped is one where they're always developing characters. You know, yeah. Timmy is trying so, to win that ten thousand yeah. dollars because Timmy, wants- you know, his son has leukemia or whatever yeah. it is. It, there's always that like emotional hook, and then when they go and there's the tears yeah. and they didn't. Know. I, I, again, I think it's it's character development. Yeah, you want to see how they do the weird things, but I feel like if it was. I feel like you need characters, characters first.
0: I, I would, so, okay, if you're gonna, if you want an agreement, yes, I agree with you. And here's why, here's why I'm I bullying will, you into yes, it. Yes, you've bullied me into it. I will agree with you, and here's why. Um, I did a show called uh, Lace Up the Ultimate Sneaker Challenge where I was the showrunner on that for YouTube. It was a, a show I was really proud of. Um, and it was basically a sneaker design competition show. So similar to, you know, a food competition show. Um, we were looking for the next great sneaker designer, it was for Adidas. Our philosophy was every sneaker has a story. And I think to your point, um, every meal has a story, but it was all about the characters and who's designing those shoes. And I think to your point, it was all it's all about the characters, the chefs and who are making the dish.
1: And even travel logs, like to me, a good travel log, <sighs> is one where you're really getting to know the people who, you're, who, are, who are out there making the food versus just here's a dish and let's ooh and ah over yeah. it. Because guess what? You can't taste food through TV. It's true. It's yeah. too one dimensional. All right, next one kind of ties into this one. The best food TV also takes cues from the scripted TV Renaissance in that there are shows that are smart, that don't dumb it down, that take risks and don't play it safe and formulaic. Tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm wrong. Can you give me an example? Okay. Like, for instance, like, you know, to me, the gold standard, if if you're going the travelogue route was anything that the late, great Anthony Bourdain did. And that show, that was a show that, you know, I I know when he first started Food Network, didn't know what to do with him. Yeah. Because it was so just, he was so different. And I always say that he's a guy, and and you can relate to this having worked in local TV news. If Anthony Bourdain came around and was not Anthony Bourdain, you never saw any of his product or he wasn't famous, and he applied for a job at a local TV station, (laughs) he would never get hired because he just didn't fit any mold. Mold. He he didn't talk like this, you know, the voice of God, and he didn't uh, present himself, but he was real. Yeah. And he was smart. And the way he produced shows, he was like producing a different movie each week. He was using his, right. his cinematic influences into it sure. and doing this kind of smart TV. And, and look at a lot of the things now, even that you see um, streaming services producing. They're taking risks, you know, yeah. like a um, chef's table. Yeah, like a, a chef's table is smart or like even like uh, the, the David Chang show, um, Ugly Delicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You know, one of the things I find fascinating about that show is there's no track. Yeah. It is a hosted show with no track. Right. And it's had success. And I just think that to me, the, again, maybe I'm a, I'm, my measure of success might be different. I'm not talking about viewers or ratings. I'm talking about yeah. like maybe what I find is more interesting versus quote unquote dumbed down. But I just think the best food TV, it, it's when they take risk and you're seeing a little bit more of that. And there was a period we weren't seeing that for a while.
0: Yeah. Well, let's start with Bourdain because to me, he's the, the anomaly. I think his show went way beyond food. Like, it's interesting you consider him food because I consider him bigger and broader. Yes. He was food, he was travel, and he was culture. Yes. Like, to me, one of the reasons that Bourdain was so successful is that he became, he's a personality. And he showed people worlds that, in a way, that it was almost, he brought you there. And then he, he to your point about you can't, uh, you can't taste the food. He had a way of almost making you feel like you were tasting the food. And
1: yet, as his career went on, he was less and less descriptive with food. Yeah. He even got to a point where he was like, "What am I going to say about this? Like, it's yummy. Like, all right. Like, what? Like, what am I going to say? Like, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a whatever. Like, whatever the dish was, it's like you see what it is. I don't need to say anything. And uh, you know, he just. But yes, he he used food as a vehicle as a vehicle to introduce you to different cultures and the way different people think and to get you to turn things on its head and I just think we went through a period where he was he was the sort of anomaly and now I think more people are trying to do that and that's a good thing.
0: I I think that there is a place for all of these things. And this is a discussion I have with lots of people in terms of content, right? It was which some people hate that word, but we'll, we'll use it for right now. So there is a place for the studio-based competition show, right? There is a be- place for that. And a lot of people like just having it on in the background or they like it as comfort food. Comfort food? We, no, we but get, have, yeah, absolutely. Right? Snackable TV. But I think that, to your point, there's a really nice... Um, it's a really nice thing to have a beautifully shot, Beautifully uh, told story about food and culture mixed together the way Anthony Bourdain uh, did it. And, um, you know, I know Nat Geo tried that with Gordon Ramsay and it it is getting a second season. Um, And I don't you know, it's not for me to say whether or not he did it as well, Um, but. Gordon's an amazing talent, and, you know, and but that's the like,
1: trick. I think now a lot, without coming out and saying it, a lot of networks are saying we need the next Bourdain, yeah, and they're sure. real. And that's the the thing is, you you have to be very careful there because while I like that sort of show, there's only one him.
0: Oh, of course, and you course. just you just can't even like. Well, I mean, he again, he his even just his way of dealing with the local people, the people who he spoke to, he could bring out characters you know character in those people and that was unique
1: and that brings me to my next point my next hot take which is actually about anthony bourdain and i think what made him great and the thing that a lot of other not just food tv hosts but hosts in general lose sight of is if you are hosting a show where you're going somewhere and meeting other people it's not about you And what he was so good at is he didn't make it about him, especially as his career went on. He they were he would ask us a very straightforward question and let someone speak. Imagine that and 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 get those great responses. I mean, it was almost like like when you do reality TV, right? Like the idea is there's a producer getting information out of people and you don't ever hear that producer's voice. You just hear the answers. He was basically producing, but he was also on camera. Right. But. Too many shows, it's the host mugging and it's all about them. And then there's these other characters, but you never get a feel for them. And to me, that's not good TV. Tell me I'm right, tell me I'm wrong.
0: I agree with you. I mean, I think anytime you have a show that is about you're you're going somewhere, the idea should be about learning about that place or that food, that culture. And so a host's job is to meet the people, to meet to, to go there and see that and sh- bring that back to the audience. And he did have a very unique way. And also zero by zero, the company that produces that show has figured out a fantastic way of shooting those types of shows, producing those types of shows and bringing that to the audience. Oh, absolutely. Way. The production quality vivid. Uh, Zero point zero. Yeah. The, the colors are vibrant. The style is very unique to those, um, to those types of shows. And I think he, uh, he found a way to engage characters there and on the road that, um, you know, and again, some of that is casting and finding those people in advance. Um, but it was always the unique kind of quirky people and he brings out the best in them.
1: And I know I'm talking a lot about travel logs, but that's sort of my area of interest. And I do think the best travel logs are the ones that are produced like a reality TV show where you're, you're just a voyeur as, 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 as a viewer versus a a host kind of Doing a stand up talking to the camera. Hey, yeah. welcome to blah, 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 blah. And, you know, and then they're, now I'm here with blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah. I, I, I like being a voyeur. Vice did a lot of good stuff like that. Um, if you think about like, uh, like the Eddie Huang show, Eddie Huang, yeah. Or, um, you know, uh, we're, we're we're a G-rated um, podcast, but you know, f that's delicious with Action yeah, Bronson, sure. and you're just kind of like that. I mean, that the Action Bronson show—that's a reality show, sure—that yeah. happens to travel to different places. That's yeah, what it is.
0: Yeah, I mean, but and to your point, those are two great pieces of talent. Eddie's very funny. Um, and smart. And smart. Um, and Action Bronson, again, big character. Yes. Right? And and strong points of view. Because I do think that's a key as well. Cause oh, yeah. We worked with Eddie, was a, a guest judge on the sneaker show. And Eddie has a very strong uh, point of view. He's a smart guy. He's stylish. He's fashionable. Like, Eddie's a big character. He had an Adidas sneaker. Like, that guy has all kinds of... He, he's a, a multi-layered character and so is Action Bronson and Anthony Bourdain, a multi-layered character. So and so is Gordon Ramsay. I think to have a good travelogue, you can't just be the type of person that's like, I like to travel. And I think that's a big reason that the travel channel wasn't able to make travel um, content work. They tried that for years to make just going somewhere and showing it off work. And now they're the paranormal network. And I think the reason that they made that change is because people people can get travel content on YouTube and on Instagram. And they can do that. But if you have somebody who can literally show you multiple layers, the way t- these types of characters do, that's great content.
1: You know, I'm, I'm sure you can relate to this as a TV producer, when people come to me with ideas or they, they want advice on how to get something greenlit or whatever. The number one thing I say to someone is, do you have a perspective, like, P- yeah, like POV, like give me, give me the why, like you may be comfortable on camera and maybe you sound the part, maybe you look the part, but what, what are you bringing to the table that, that, that has a voice that, that says, you know, I have a, I have an angle, I have a, a something, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'll give you a good example. A guy I know, um, and I knew him before he kind of hit it off a little bit on food network, Christian Petroni. He okay. want a next food network. Next food network. B- yeah. And uh, he's a guy from day one. His perspective was I'm, I'm Bronx Italian. You know, that's who I am. I'm Italian American. And that's what I I'm going to represent. He yeah. And he has a very strong point of view at that to go along with the fact that he's great on camera and he's got a big personality and people gravitate toward him. But if he didn't have that perspective, what would he be? He'd just right. be another chef. Just another chef. Correct. Now, I'm going to throw another one at you. OK, This'll be the last one. As an unscripted producer, yes. you're always looking for talent. Sure. People can carry a show. Yes. And I don't know, I, I, I'm thinking of somebody who does not have a, a food show, in, at least in the traditional sense, a okay. big network whatever show, that I think from what I've seen of this person would be great at carrying a show. The person that I think would be better than anyone out there right now who doesn't have a show. Wow. Are you familiar with Allison Roman?
0: Allison Roman, no.
1: Allison Roman, um, she's she's a cookbook author. She also does some work for the New York times and she has this amazing ability to go viral. Um, she has put out recipes that literally like every year she puts out a few recipes that literally get their own hashtag and go viral. And, but she's also like, she's interesting. Like if you watch any, like she's done some like videos for the New York times cooking demos and she's just natural and she's engaging and she kind of like her, her perspective is she's almost like a, a voice for, like, the millennials who like to cook. How, how
0: young is she? I would
1: guess, oh, geez, guessing a woman's age. Um, I would probably say mid-30s. Okay. Early to mid-30s. Yeah. and But she's, like, got this, like, thing where it's, like, she makes it all look very easy, but like doesn't want you to stress about the details, and yeah. she wants things to be delicious. And <laughs> I, I just I don't know why Allison Roman is not like like I, I would my if I were a betting person I would say in the next three years she's going to have like some massive show on either Netflix or like I just or Hulu or wherever like I yeah. feel like it can't not happen. You know I know you work with a lot of talent. Yes. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to blame you for not knowing who Alison Roman is. It's not your wheelhouse your <laughs> area of expertise. You're not sitting there all day on Instagram looking at food. But obviously, you've come across a lot of food talent. Sure. Uh, like what works to you? What doesn't like what makes a star?
0: And also, it's easy to even even though we think we know what makes a star. We, we get it wrong. Yeah. We, no, that's that's very true. Um, I think one of the interesting things or difficult things about food talent is that the food network keeps track of chefs way, way more than we know. Um, I've brought I've heard up, they have a big board. They, yes. And, and the same with HGTV with designers, like, you know, with, um, car- carpenters and things like that. And so you'll be shocked when you even just show the food network a Skype or something like that. Oh yeah. We've heard of them. We're aware of them like it's amazing, like who they've heard of, who they know and if they're interested in them. So that poses one issue. Um, and it's easier to do that now. I, I,
1: I remember back in the day, like when you and I were probably getting our careers started, you'd hear these stories of, of predating us of agents who would literally like drive around the country and like put on yeah. local TV to like scout talent. Scout talent right. Like, who yeah. needs to do that now?
0: Yeah. Um, so I think that with food talent, what's, what's nice today, right, is that, um, you know, a lot of them want to be on camera, right? Like you have a lot of food talent that want to be on camera. And so it's easy to just get a Skype and get them on camera and the food network is willing to at least see them. And you have Netflix that is doing really well with shows like Nailed It and Sugar Rush, right? Um, but I think part of the issue, you know, we talked about Bourdain and you said Ugly Delicious, which are docs right, those are like really stylized docs with established talent, right? And even Nat Geo goes and gives Gordon a doc, right? Those are established talent. Because they're afraid to take the risk. I think in one of the issues as a developer that I think we all face right now is giving a fresh face in a doc, right? I think that it's, it's not that hard. You know, you mentioned, you know, we've talked about Hulu, right? We talk about streamers. They give Chrissy Teigen, right? A, a food show, right? She's got a gr- very popular food following, and that you know, and you know, she's written a c- cookbook, and that you know, and she's got a big following. And, and to her credit, that's great. But there are plenty of really well-established chefs across the world who would love to have a Hulu show. And and I'm I am in no position. I am not a network executive to say who deserves a show or not. But to your point about what we look for in talent, like, I mean, I think it's very hard right now because. When you look at the Food Network, they're filling slots for hosts. And so they have all these formats that work, whether it's a a baking show, whether it's a cooking show, uh, you know, worst cooks or whether it's uh, chopped or whatever. And they're filling slots as hosts. So it's just who fits the best billing as a host. Well, listen, Steve, where can people find you? Um, so the Believe podcast, just like yours, the, you know, the, uh, no script, no problem. The, so you can definitely listen to that. And then on Twitter, I'm at Steve Berkowitz on Instagram. I am at Steve M Berkowitz.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much, Steve. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Thanks again to Steve Berkowitz. Again, make sure to check out his podcast. No script, no problem here on the believe podcast network. If you are an unscripted television producer like myself, or just a reality TV fan, it's really worth checking out. Now, a lot of my conversation with Steve revolved around food TV personalities. So I thought my dining tip this week should come from that world. And you heard me mention Christian Petroni, a guy I've known since the beginning of Restaurant Hunter in the Lower Hudson Valley. We launched that show in early 2015, and Christian's restaurant Fortina was on our second ever episode. Now, at the time he had just one Fortina in Armonk in Westchester County, and today he has five of them. There's Armonk, Rybrook, Yonkers, Stamford, Connecticut, and downtown Brooklyn. And for that second episode, we actually had a viewing party at his Fortina in Armonk, and I mean it was an electric vibe there. And a lot of that comes from Christian, and Christian is such a big personality. And he brings that to everything he does, and all of his fortinas have their own kind of unique thing going on, but they all just have a, a vibe to them. Um, the one in Yonkers is in this big industrial space with these super high ceilings, um, let in all this light. Concrete. There, there's um, you know street art on the walls. It, it, it's really gorgeous. The one in Armonk has more of a rustic sort of. Um, wood-paneled kind of cabin feel. Uh, But they've all got these great vibes to them. And the food. Uh, You know, Christian, like I was saying in the podcast, he's that Bronx Italian, Italian Italian-American perspective. But the food he's doing, it's it's the stuff, if you grew up in the New York area, you're used to eating, you know, again, that Italian-American. But he's putting chef twists on it. Not going way outside the box, but, I mean, the guy is... He's a chef. He knows what he's doing. So, for instance, I know they do a, I don't know if they still do it, but uh, they used to do at least, and maybe they still do it again, I'm not sure, but a lunch-only special, a meatball parm hero. And it looked just like the meatball parm hero you grew up eating. It was on seeded Italian bread and copious amounts of cheese melted on it, and you know, he fries his meatballs, and it wasn't anything out of the ordinary, but Honestly, one of the best meatball parm heroes I've ever had because the guy just knows how to do it. And, uh, you know, they got the wood fired ovens there. You can get all sorts of pizzas. One of the things that struck me the first time I ate there is that he did a uh, pizza that was an homage to uh, if you've ever uh, been in the city, you see a lot of pizza places with the name Ray on it. Original Ray's, famous Ray's, lots of Ray's. And it was a wood fired pizza that was done in the style of a traditional New York slice shop pizza, which was something at the time that seemed a little different, but I was really into because, again, it was evoking those childhood memories but done just a little bit better. And all that's great. He does homemade pastas. They're great. Finishes them off in the wood-fired ovens. But really, the thing that I tell people about Fortina that goes underappreciated, the thing that I think actually Christian and his crew does best, it's vegetables. They do a lot of wood-fired roasted vegetables, carrots there are amazing. And their salads are fantastic. He has this one salad, this arugula salad. Honestly, I've started copying it and making it at home um, where he does this dressing. Uh, I don't know if I'm nailing it or not, but the way I do it, I use lemon juice, extra virgin olive oil, honey, and a little bit of salt for the dressing, shake it up in in a squirt bottle. And you get the arugula, you put some pistachios on there and you, you gotta grate that Parmigiano Reggiano over it and it and it's fantastic. So again Dining tip this week for Tina. I've been meaning to give a dining tip that shouts out Westchester. Um, I've been meaning to do Westchester episodes earlier in this podcast's existence, and I'm getting to some, I promise. I'm going to have some guests from Westchester soon, but uh, my health situation sort of got in the way of that. So um, again, wanted to shout out Westchester because again, Fortina. It's it's in Armonk, it's in Yonkers, it's in Rybrook. It's also in Stanford, Connecticut, in Brooklyn, downtown Brooklyn, uh, check out. Fortina, that's your dining tip. And before we go, I want to let fans of Restaurant Hunter know that a whole bunch of old episodes of the show can be found on Verizon Fios On Demand. So if you're missing Restaurant Hunter, I'm sorry. There are not new episodes being produced. The channel went away. I'm looking into doing some stuff. I don't know if I'm going to... I highly doubt there will be a Restaurant Hunter again, but there might be something like it with a different name working on that still, but if if you need a Restaurant Hunter fix, there's like over a 100 episodes right now, whether it's Long Island, Lower Hudson Valley, or the great version of the show we did in New Jersey with host Christine Sloan, Verizon Fios On Demand, check it out. Okay, thank you so much for listening. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Rob Patron TV. Let me know what you think of the show and share your food hot takes with me. I'm going to be doing an episode soon where I answer listener hot takes, so please send them my way. Don't DM them, though. I don't always see those. Just, just send them to me the regular way. And, of course, make sure to follow, subscribe, bookmark whatever you do on your podcast listening service of choice so you don't miss any new episodes. Hot takes on a plate is on them all. And if you can rate us, please do. Five stars, of course. And if you can leave a comment, that would be great as well. Hot Takes on a Plate is part of the Believe Podcast Network. That's B-L-E-A-V. Check them out at blea the number one podcast network for professionals. If you believe in Hot Takes on a Plate, we'll see you next week. I'm Rob Patrone. Till next time, ciao.